We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Tonight's Tradecast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network and our friends over at Underdog Fantasy, your home for best ball and more on this fine day. You're listening to this podcast. We are inching ever closer, ever, ever closer to the start of the season to September. Uh, I, I don't know what the weather's like in in, in Minnesota, Dan, but uh, we're, we're starting to reach fall temperatures in Chicago. It's uh, it's getting pretty nice. We we had a couple of those days uh, this last week where it was like kind of sixty five for most of the day. Today was a, a little a little steamier, but we definitely you you can you can taste the football in the air, Nathan. <laughs> the, the little bit cooler temperatures, not one hundred and five and humid anymore. It uh, it's officially almost officially football season. So I think we're all looking forward to that, even though the fun part of Dynasty is about to be over and the boring part is about to begin where we have to uh, fiddle with our lineups, make last second changes and inevitably pick the wrong player who gets a goose egg and it costs you a matchup and then you lose a game and start selling all of your assets. So let's talk about some of those assets, shall we? Let's do it. Um, Before we get into the show today, we're going to be doing um, a little bit of round of reasonable take or give me a break. So I'm going to give a, a possible hot take based on a headline or based on, you know, some news that we've has been coming up and also based on some stuff that we haven't really even talked about. Uh, you know, there, there's some topics to kind of just go under our radar throughout the offseason and we don't really end up hitting on them. So there's a couple of them that I want us to hit on today. So our first one is one of the biggest news and notes of all of fantasy football for the month of August, you know, one of those guys that when you, Dan, I know that you bring your, your fantasy football magazine uh, to your redraft leagues in late August. I don't think this one's going to be a a magazine pick. Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco is the second highest scoring running back on the Chiefs in 2022. Is that a reasonable take or give me a break? Nathan, you're going to have to give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of that. Kansas City Chiefs. 
Uh, yeah, give me give me a break on that one. I, I, there's, I mean, there's. I think it's more reasonable he doesn't make the roster than he's the second highest scoring player. Not only do you have the very underwhelming CEH, you also have Jarek McKinnon, you have Ronald Jones, and you have the late great Frank Gore slash Derek Gore slash Derek Henry, uh, Derek Gore, of course, who we all saw and loved for that like three game stretch, whatever it was. I think those four are essentially locked in uh, unless Isaiah Pacheco does something outrageous or they really see something in him that uh, one of those other four guys can't do. Uh, I think at best he's a special teams player for now, but there's always that chance, I guess. You know, they they had this isn't the healthiest group on the planet. They didn't exactly, uh, uh, you know, assemble a, a Superman group, but. There's potential for more playing time down the line. I just I, I think you still have to try to figure out what you do have in CEH because he hasn't exactly been healthy, and you know the offense has never really gone through him in like a, even a small sense. But then you also you bring in Ronald Jones, you bring back Jarek McKinnon. Uh, to me, you know that that kind of top three right there is essentially set in stone. Not like any of those guys are are you know, world beaters or anything like that. It's it's more so they, they have these guys for a reason. They they brought in Ronald Jones for a reason, and I think he'll be a bigger part of this offense than I think a lot of people might want to give him credit for. Uh, that, that to me, is a, an Andy Reid-type player. So while I do think that there is some potential upside with uh, with Pacheco, I, I just I don't see him cracking, a, a you know, a 53-man for anything other than special teams early on. Yeah, looking at the Rotoviz box score scout, you know, we pretty much say this whenever we're talking about the box score scout, but it is very much in favor of draft capital. So when you put in the 251 draft capital for Isaiah Pacheco, there's not a lot of uh, good comparables. You have Josh Harris, Darrell Scott, Deion Jackson, James Davis, Jeff Scott, Torian Poole, Reggie Corbin. It takes a while until you get into, yep, I don't even have it on my screen, an actual <laughs> NFL running back. Um so are are you not buying the the blurbs the the thoughts and processes of Ronald Jones possibly not making the roster? Uh, to be honest, probably not. I mean, we get these blurbs every off season. We get the this guy could be a deep sleeper. The this guy might be on at risk of of missing the team. And you know, I, I mean, how many times do we hear that about like Leonard Fournette? And and you well, know, he not, was though the one year in Jacksonville, he was cut. <laughs> That's a really well-run franchise. So, and I'm pretty sure he just wanted out. So there, there is also that. And you know, I, I just don't see how they bring him in. It seemed like pretty specifically to to fill a role that they kind of desperately need, especially missing out on on Jarek McKinnon for a decent bit. I don't know. It's hard to say that they're going to cut somebody that they're paying. Uh, a significant amount more than a than a rookie on that contract. You know, maybe they say, "Hey, this upside similar. Let's just bite the bullet and eat that money and get this guy some reps." Uh, yeah. yeah, the yeah, blurbs I mean, are the blurbs. For, for for what it's worth, I am very much on the give me a break side. Um, but I can see, I I could definitely see Pacheco outscoring Jerick McKinnon if Ronald Jones is then cut and therefore Isaiah Pacheco is then the RB two. Um, but like I said, I think it strictly relies on Ronald Jones being cut. Next, we'll go to the Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets. Joe Flacco 
will start more games than Zach Wilson in 2022. Reasonable take or give me a break? I'm going to say this is reasonable. You want Zach Wilson to be 100%. We can't be doing the RG3 thing where you throw him out there 80% or you do the Russell Wilson bit where he's out there on one leg and now he's seeing ghosts and and he's just getting killed. Not only is that going to absolutely cripple his, his, you know, his mentality, it's, I mean, it's potentially going to end his season quicker. So they need to make sure he is 100%. I would imagine Zach Wilson at at best is missing a month, but I'm not a doctor. I, I you know, it sounds like the surgery went well. Nothing was a surprise. Everything was kind of as expected, which is good. But I still think that's probably like a six-week deal. And again, that team's not winning a Super Bowl this year. I I would like to think that they know that they're not they're not even a top three team in the AFC East. And I I think that they know that. So their best move, in my opinion, is to wait until he is 100 percent, until he can do all of the things that they need him to do. And as much as it sucks to have to have Joe Flacco back there instead of your young quarterback that needs these reps, I don't really think they have an option. See, I, I would like to think they're not going to rush him back, but I do think that they're going to see, like, they still see some weakness in the AFC East. <clears throat> and I think more importantly, they don't want Zach Wilson to miss time because they need to figure out in year two, is Zach Wilson the franchise quarterback? Like, they, they can't go into 2023 saying, did we see enough of Zach Wilson to determine if he's the guy? Um, granted, I think that he will miss two to three games, and then he'll probably be back in late September, early October. Um, and so I think this is giving me a break territory. I, the reason I brought this up and I, I will, uh, I'll go to my text messages, Dan, you know, Russell, Russell Clay, right? I do. I love, I love me some Russell. Okay. Um, on Sunday, Sunday afternoon, um, he did, he did text me this and he, he said he didn't want this online. So, um, uh, you know, <laughs> this is technically online. <laughs> this, this, this is technically online. See, so he said, would Joe Flacco be better for Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson? Genuine question. <laughs> well, based on what we saw from Zach Wilson last year, probably. And and that's tough to say. But what what happens now? What if the Jets start out? Let's say let's say Zach Wilson has a, a little setback or something. And now he's slated to miss six games. And what if the Jets are four and two after those six games? With Joe Flacco, what do they do? What if their offense is marching up and down the field? Their defense can't stop anybody, but they're scoring enough points to hang with anyone. And they they think, hey, we might have a chance of getting one of these wild card spots. I think I think that's a possibility, um, but I think it's unlikely because I think Joe Flacco is really bad and unlikely. Oh, he's to- very bad, but <laughs> Zach Wills is not good. <laughs> no, but I don't think that Joe Flacco is going to play well enough to play Zach Wilson out of a job. So the only reason why Joe Flacco would have more starts in 2022 is if Wilson gets re-injured or if the injury is worse than they're originally planning out to be. Sure. All right, next one. No bit oh, – you? did you go reasonable take or give, give me a break there? I, I said reasonable take. I, yeah. I, I just – there's potential for them to, I, I think, to hold on because we've seen too many people get rushed back, and mm-hmm. it, it's it's never good. Okay, next one. No Bills running back will be a top 30 running back in PPR points per game. Reasonable take or give me a break? 
Uh, that's a tough one. I'm gonna I'm gonna say give me a break on that one, even though I think it's going to be a pretty hefty backfield by committee. I don't really see anyone getting a lion's share. I think that team is gonna score more than enough points for one of these running backs to to get decent run. I mean, Devin Singletary was RB24 last year. So now you add James Cook, you still have Zach Moss, and Josh Allen's still vulturing a lot of touchdowns. I, I, I'd like to think that that's still reasonable for Devin Singletary to get into that top, let's say, 28 range. So yes, inside the top 30, I think... I think that is doable, but it's going to come down to how good is James Cook and how much are they going to utilize him. I th- I think they know that Zach Moss is kind of just a an extra piece. I think they've figured that out at this point. But I do still think that they love Devin Singletary, and this is more about making the offense as good as it can be with depth rather than bringing in someone to take his job because I think he's been more than serviceable. I actually think he's been pretty good in the NFL thus far. Yeah, I, I think that the the number one way for a Bills running back to end, to be top 30 in points per game is going to be some large touchdown production from Devin Singletary. Because I, I think that James Cook's not going to get enough run in the running game in order for him to get into that point points per game marker. And Devin Singletary could, but also more so, he's going to be reliant on that touchdown production in that very high explosive offense. For the most part, you know, in, in between the 20s, Josh Allen's throwing the ball. Play, plain and simple, he's, he's throwing to Jameson Crowder, he's throwing to Tavon Diggs. He's not going to be doing a lot of running on like third and four from the 50 yard line. Absolutely. I think what it'll probably end up coming down to is can Devin Singletary get 175 or more carries? And is he still going to get 50 targets? I, I don't see the 50 targets coming, but if that's the case, I do think we could see a potential 200 carry season from him. Again, unless James Cook is that much better, which I think that probably is is more reasonable uh, than maybe one or, or multiple of these running backs putting up big time <laughs> points. Uh, even though I do think Devin Singletary is quite good, uh, there's a, there's a there's an opportunity there for James Cook to be special. Now, Dan, let before we go into the second half of the show, if there's going to be a Buffalo Bill on the Best Ball Mania three champion, which Buffalo Bill do you think it'll be? Well, I'm going to say this right now. I've, d- I've done a few and. The common factor in all of them, Nathan, is Isaiah McKenzie. I think he has a chance not only in Best Ball Mania 3, but in Best Ball Leagues kind of around to produce a couple of monster weeks. So you hear us mention the Best Ball Ball Mania 3. That is through our friends over at underdogfantasy.com. There's still a little bit of time left to get into Best Ball Mania 3. There's not much, but a little. And... The big thing about Best Ball Mania 3, the prize pool. It's a $10 million prize pool. And if you're winning money, you're winning a substantial amount of money in Best Ball Mania 3. So get in, get involved in Best Ball Mania 3. It's so much fun. It's, you know, it's an absolute monster of a best ball event. And, and also be, be on the lookout throughout the offseason because like the Pomeranian dropped a couple times today. And by the time you're listening to us, it's, it's definitely gone. But Pomeranian like eight might be here by August 28th. There's there's so many things happening there all the time. And because they love us so much, they're matching your first deposit, folks. Anytime you use code ROTOVIZ, that's R-O-T-O-V-I-Z, 
at underdogfantasy.com. They're matching your first deposit up to $100. So you put in $100, they put in $100, bang, you have $200 to go play Best Ball Mania 3 or to play the pick'em games or the regular best ball stuff. You can you can do whatever you want. It's your money at that point. All you got to do is, is put a little bit, you got to get a little skin in the game, right? So make sure you head on over to underdogfantasy.com. You use our code ROTOVIZ. Again, that's R-O-T-O-V-I-Z. And get involved with Underdog, man. It's so much fun. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, let's get into the second half of the show. Our next reasonable take, or give me a break, is going to be Michael Thomas, who is supposed to be healthy, apparently, who's going to be playing week one, apparently. Michael Thomas will be the highest scoring wide receiver in the NFC South. Daniel, reasonable take or give me a break. This one hurts, Nathan, because I, like a lot of the community, am not a big slant boy guy. But this is somewhat reasonable. As much as I love me. Mike Mike Evans, I love me some Chris Godwin, even though he's going to miss some time. Michael Thomas, the last time he was healthy and on the field, given that was with Drew Brees and not whatever Taysom Hill is as a quarterback or the ghost of Drew Brees. Uh, he does have James, uh, Jameis Winston now, which is a pretty significant downgrade. But there's also not a lot of people there to steal targets from him. It sounds like Alvin Kamara is going to be playing all of 2022. So we can expect 
in the realm of 80 targets, maybe 100 targets there. But are are we really going to say that Michael Thomas is going to get 100 and, I don't know, 50-plus targets? Uh, especially now in the lengthened seasons, I, I don't think that there's any way he's held below 150 targets uh, unless Jarvis Landry is returning to you know his his prime which again is m- probably unlikely he's more of just a, a nice depth piece at this point uh, you know Chris Olav that that could be one that maybe we see a little bit of work moved his direction if if teams start doubling Michael Thomas if they if they move him out of the slot or if they're, tra- if they're exclusively playing him outside you know we all know that Jameis loves to run and gun and rip balls downfield and Michael Thomas is good enough to go make those plays, but I think where he does work best is in the middle of the field uh, or some of that underneath, some of that short route stuff. So uh, if Michael Thomas is healthy, this is definitely a reasonable take. If he misses any time, I I think that crown is going to be Mike Evans' crown. Yeah, I I think that this is a reasonable take for one reason. He has by far the highest ceiling of the NFC South wide receivers. Mike Evans is capped because he he has – Chris Godwin and uh, Julio Jones, et cetera, around him. DJ Moore is capped because we don't know what's happening with Baker Mayfield. Atlanta Falcons don't have any wide receivers. So therefore, (laughs) Michael Thomas does certainly within his range of outcomes have the highest scoring wide receiver in the NFC South crown within his grasp. Um, And I'm like, if Michael Thomas is Michael Thomas, I'm not worried about Chris Olave or Jarvis Landry. Now, if Michael Thomas is like some mediocre, you know, low-end NFL wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two, then maybe you worry a little bit about Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave. Uh, but yeah, for now, I, I think that we do need to start understanding the ceiling of Michael Thomas. I know that we've been looking at his floor for the last like 16, 18 months, but it might be time, August 2022, to start looking at that ceiling a little bit. Definitely. And, and again, we know that, that Jameis loves to stretch the field. He just throws the YOLO hospital balls. There's there's some precedent for some big time fantasy production here, and I think if anyone could do it, it's potentially this pairing, just because Michael Thomas is that good when he's healthy, and Jameis is willing to take the chance, a la Brett Favre. So we saw a lot of fantasy points come out of guys like Brett Favre, and I think Jameis can continue along that path, assuming he's starting all year and he's not turning the ball over at a ridiculously high rate. Uh, and potentially seeing himself out of that spot, which seems more unlikely, you know, day by day here. I just say there, there's a lot, a lot of potential. Like you said, Nathan, he's easily get the highest ceiling uh, and potentially the highest floor just because if he is healthy, that floor is like 140 targets and about 1,200 yards. All right, next one, a real hot steaming take, very valuable sports news going on right now. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside has been traded to the Seahawks. So, reasonable take or give me a break. J-Jaw will be worth a dynasty rush spot in Seattle. I'm going to hit you with a give me the break because he's very bad. Uh, Not only is he not good, he's very bad. Uh, Drafted ahead of DK Metcalf, though, so he does have that going for him. And we all know that year four draft capital uh, is, is all of the rage. So... You know, he he was high up on a lot of people's dynasty boards early on just because of, you know, he kind of has that prototypical size that you're looking for in a wide receiver one. Uh, Sure, he he didn't really have the best profile as far as, uh, you know, production goes coming out of 
of uh, you went to Stanford, right? Yeah. Coming out of Stanford, you know, pack pack 10, 11, 12, 17. I think it's down to like four and a half teams in the pack. Gee, I wonder why. And not just it never really caught on. And that, that could have been a Philly thing. We've seen other first round wide receivers do quite poorly in uh, in Philly. And he could just be another one added to that list. But there's also not a lot of success from those guys either. So I think uh, I think Jay Jaws probably all but done outside of being uh, like a wide receiver five and catching Hail Mary passes, hopefully. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll go give me a break. Even It's a very low barometer being rosterable in Dynasty. But I think a, a few things have to go his, his way besides just the change of scenery. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not leaning on Ursega Whiteside being a rosterable, nice player at this moment. Let's go with our last two. Last, or second to last one, Zamir White. Zamir White will outscore Josh Jacobs in 2022. Give me a break. Josh Jacobs was RB13 in 14 games last year, Nathan. I'm not great at math, but that seems pretty darn good. I'm not saying he's, you know, he's a top-notch, uh, you know, bell cow back, but he's been only great in the NFL to this point. And at, really, at no point has he ever been given the full workload. He, he's kind of always shared a backfield with somebody. It's never been just his. John Gruden hated him. Uh, all the coaching, and I shouldn't say hated him, refused to give him all three-down work. They've always, always had someone to spell him. And I'm not going to say that Zamir White isn't going to spell him, but he's going to be exclusively doing that, is spelling Josh Jacobs. This is Josh Jacobs' backfield. I don't think there's any questioning that. Post-contract, maybe Zamir White, but as of right now, there is an almost 0% chance that Zamir White outscores Josh Jacobs if they both play the same number of games. Yeah, I'm on the same page as you. I think that we're we're putting the death knell in the coffin of, of Josh Jacobs a w- little bit early, you know, buying too much into the, oh, Josh Jacobs wasn't drafted by Josh McDaniels, et cetera, et cetera. Looking at the 2022 range of outcomes for him on the range of outcomes app, use promo code RVRADIO2022. Make sure you get access to the fantasy range of outcomes app on Rotoviz. Um, his range of outcomes are Devonta Freeman, 2018, Melvin Gordon, 2020, Carlos Hyde, 2018, 2016, Lamar Miller, Devonta Freeman, 2017. So certainly some guys that had bell cow type workloads. You mentioned that he hasn't yet gotten that bell cow type workload in his career yet. And I'm not expecting that to be the case in 2022, but I'm also not expecting 2022 to be the year that Josh Jacobs like becomes like an RB two or, or worse. Yeah. I, I think he's so like I said before, he, he's not ever going to be the top tier guy. I, I don't think he's, he's not pushing Jonathan Taylor or Christian McCaffrey or any of those guys. But I, I do think that from like RB ten to twenty, I mean, he's he's very much at the top end of that range in my opinion, as far as potential points and just straight up ability in Dynasty. I, I definitely would have him planted right in the middle of that. There's no reason to move him down. He's only twenty four. It's not like he's a twenty nine year old and he's had seven thousand carries in his career or something crazy. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's got less than a thousand carries on his legs and this should just be another year. Now it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens post Raiders. But as of right now, I, there's just no way anybody outscores him. 
And last one, Robert Tanyan has spent the offseason battling injuries, but it seems like he is back on the field healthy. So, Robert Tanyan will finish as a top eight fantasy tight end. Reasonable take or give me a break? Very reasonable take. Tight end after the top couple is, uh, it's just, you could pick names out of a hat. Anybody could fall in any given order. And it helps your hat chances if you have a guy named Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. That increases the hat. Uh, absolutely. I, I think the last time he was healthy was, what, 2020? And it's he definitely wasn't over-targeted, but they also had a couple of better receivers. Uh, he still went 52 for 586 and 11. Count them, 11. So the red zone, the touchdown upside is as good as it gets. I mean, it's, it's Gronk and Brady type upside for Robert Tanyan, assuming he's healthy. And their best wide receiver right now is Alan Lazard, which bodes very well for Robert Tanyan. Sure, Aaron Jones is probably going to get a good amount of that work. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers will will make time and make space and make room for Randall Cobb. Uh, the Lizard King and the Lazard King happen to be in the same place at the same time. So who knows if, if either one of those guys will truly get a lion's share of the work. I just I don't see a world where if Tanya's healthy, he's not scoring in a in a top eight capacity for tight end. Yeah, I, I think that the the receiving core, the the weapons in Green Bay is so wide open that Aaron Rodgers is going to look to him, especially in the red zone a lot. So I, I if we have a healthy Tanya, I would easily lock in ten plus touchdowns. And I don't think that you know how often do you have a ten plus touchdown tight end that doesn't end up top eight? Yeah, that's I I mean to be honest, it's almost impossible. It would have to. It would have to basically mean that you have 10 other tight ends all with 100 targets and like 70 plus catches and decent yardage with a few touchdowns each. I mean, you're you're, you're looking at astronomical <laughs> potential for for Tanya in here. I, I think he's got a, as good of a chance as any outside of, you know, maybe Pitts and Andrews and uh, Travis Kelsey, maybe George Kittle. I think after those guys. Tanyan could very well finish top five if if things go well and and he does stay healthy. He does he's got top five potential because of the Aaron Rodgers factor. So I think cost and potential points here are very very far apart. So not only is this a reasonable take, I think it's reasonable to say everybody should be reaching out to your Robert Tanyan owners and and trying to get you a share. I, I acquired one. Not all that long ago for, I think, a second-round pick, but I, I got a couple of other players along with it. Um, now's the time to do it before roster cutdowns. You've got teams looking to to get rid of some kind of middling or end-of-bench kind of guys, and Tanyan might fit that mold for a lot of teams. And he, he might be a really good acquisition to make, especially if your team is tight end needy. It's uh, it's you get the most bang for your buck you're going to get with tight end, I think, outside of maybe Zach Ertz. Alrighty, that should wraps up for this evening. Any last words, Dan? Make sure you visit underdogfantasy.com. Get in for your last few Best Ball Mania 3 entries and get a chunk of that $10 million prize pool. I'm trying. And I'll, you know, you know what? I'll share it with you guys if I win something. How about that? No, you're sharing it with me and, sure. and that's no, it. Yes, <laughs> you guys by like you and your wife and your dogs. That's what I meant. Not oh, the and, listeners. And, and, and Justin, we, this podcast needs to come out. So it's true. <laughs> to be honest, I'll, I'll probably give most of it to Justin because he does all of the actual work. <laughs> all righty, that should wrap us up for this week. We will talk to you guys next week. Ta-da!